Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having an amazing day today. Mm, I got a really awesome message on Instagram that I am really looking forward to diving into today around time management and this sense of I don't have enough time lots of good stuff. There's also a question that came in. We're going to talk about it today about weight loss and pregnancy. Something I'm very connected to right now. Well, no, let's not set, let's not get conversation started. I'm not pregnant, but the uh, weight loss before or after the approach to healthy eating during been my life for the last few years. Before we get into that, today I am giving away quite a valuable prize, GBX Burn. We talked about this, gosh, what episode was it where we talked about leaky gut? Oh, I can tell you it was 1061. 1061 we talked about not only how and why leaky gut affects so many of us, even if we have no idea that it is affecting us through things like brain fog and uh, hormonal challenges, immune challenges, you name it. One of the products that we talked about was GBX Burn and the way that the ingredients help to restore gut integrity. I'm going to be giving that away today. It's also a thermogenic, a natural thermogenic that helps with fat burning, but If you want to know my thoughts on that, listen to episode 1061. I'm going to be giving this away. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. All you have to do to win is leave a review of this show on whatever platform you listen. And as I've said before, even if you've left a review before, you can leave another one because you can leave episode-specific reviews. Like you can say, I just listened to episode 1071. It really helped me with blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I pull the winners at random from folks who have reviewed the show in the last few weeks. So... I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. A lot of people sent me very positive feedback from Monday's episode that was on the big breakthrough that I had at my mastermind. And so many people were like, that was exactly what I needed to hear. I'd love to hear you talk more about this stuff. It was nor- it was different from what you normally talk about. Um, so yeah, definitely check out 1071 if you haven't already. And the The first question we're going to dive into today comes from somebody who messaged me on Instagram in response to Monday's episode 1071 and said, I loved it. I appreciated it. It was so refreshing and reassuring to hear your point of view on the more like intangible and emotive sides of self-development. So tune into 1071. But then the person went on to say, I would also love to hear more about your thoughts on how to best manage thoughts or stories around time scarcity. And she gave examples of, I'm just too busy. I'm so overwhelmed. There's never enough time. I'm pretty sure that if you can hear my voice, you've had moments of that. 
I don't have time. I'm too busy. It's funny. I think I've mentioned this before. My best friend always says when I say like, how are you? He's like, busy, busy, busy. And I give him a hard time about it because I'm like, um, I don't believe in busy. I think busy is bullshit. I've done an episode on that. Uh, <laughs> I think we self-select what is on our plate. Even when we have other people in our lives, um, we're in control of that. But this notion of there's never enough time or I'm just too busy, my perspective when I have those thoughts is there is time, especially for the things that we value most. And I know that there are people who have more responsibilities than I do, people who have more on their plate than I do, and they get more done than I do, in large part because they manage their time better. So I see these thoughts of, I'm so busy, I don't have enough time, as signs that either I'm not managing my time well, or I'm saying yes to things that are not aligned with my highest values, and maybe I need to reevaluate that. Oftentimes, it's both. Oftentimes, it's both a sign that I need to touch base on time management and see what improvements I can make. And also, I need to make sure the way that I'm spending my time aligns with my highest priorities. I guarantee that if you did a time audit and for, say, a week, you accounted for every minute of time that you're spending from 8 to 8.10, I was sitting on the toilet scrolling on my phone from 8.10 to 8.35, I was driving to work and listening to a podcast. If you did that kind of accounting, you'd find time that you could use better. You'd find, oh, well, I could have worked out there. Oh, well, I could have cleaned my kitchen there. I absolutely had time to put away laundry there. It's just you have improvements to make in time management. The beautiful thing is that time management is a skill. It's not something that you either have or you don't have. It is something that you can get better at, that I can get better at. And I'm sure you've heard the cliche, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. I have never been more productive than I have been since having three kids under two at home. Because you have to be. You have to find ways. And there are certain things that force us into using our time better. But even if you think you're crushing it, there are ways to be more productive. And they don't have to involve getting up early or staying up later but they could. That could be part of your strategy. When you have these feelings of, I'm just too busy, there's not enough time, there's never enough time, let that be a reminder to evaluate your time management. You can get better at this. There are books written on this. There are courses available on this. You could probably find at least 10,000 podcasts putting forth time management strategies, right? And I'm not even talking about my own show. Do you need to get better? If you feel this way, you for sure need to get better at time management. There might be things that you need to entirely stop doing. Maybe it's time to cut cable. Maybe it's time to put boundaries around your phone usage. Maybe it's time to stop hitting snooze. Maybe it's time to go to bed earlier. And cutting cable would likely help you do that. 
or eliminating your Netflix subscription or your Hulu subscription or whatever it is for you. The truth, as I see it, is that there is enough time for your priorities. It just requires that you get better at time management. I, th- I find that having some loose structure, flexible structure really helps. A lot of folks are just winging it. They have a general sense of what they need to do. Maybe they have a task list, but they don't have values or standards around how they spend their time. One of the ones that I do with my work is I do either the most difficult or the most high ROI thing first, ROI being return on investment. So when I sit down to work, yes, like everybody else, I have a to-do list. I have a task list. I've done episodes before where I talk about my system of like, I have like a massive brain dump list in my phone. Then I have a poster size sticky note on my wall that has the items for that week. But even that is not enough for effective time management. That's sort of like task management, which is very, very different from time management because you can just cherry pick the things you can knock out quickly And then you come to the end of the day and you feel like you've been working, but you haven't really gotten done what needs to get done or you haven't moved the needle. So when I sit down with my change makers journal, and I usually plan out the night before for the following day, I'm looking at, is there something that is the bear of the task that I can do in this? Or is there something that has the highest ROI? A lot of days, it is the highest ROI. That's what I tried to do. But sometimes there's just something difficult that I've been putting off. And I know for me, from from journaling for years, that I am best able to focus and do challenging things in the morning. But with business, I, I want more often than not that first thing I do to be the high ROI thing. I'll use today as an example. I have a bunch of different tasks that I want to do today, including recording this podcast, including uh, getting prepared for the next podcast and, you know, having my outline for that. I have emails to send and emails to respond to and errands to run. It would be very easy. And I think a lot of people do this where they sit down to work and they start with email. But now you've expended energy and spent time, but you haven't really moved the needle in terms of values and priorities or in terms of return on investment, ROI, income producing activities, that sort of thing. So I never start with email. I have one, two, three ordered the things that I'm going to do. So like the the highest ROI, then maybe I'm going to work on the difficult thing, and then I'm going to go to the next highest ROI. And it's it very much works like this in life too. I've talked about the visual where you've got a jar and you've got rocks and you've got sand. And if you put the sand in first, there's no room for the rocks. But if you put the rocks in first, the sand can fill in around that. We have to use our time in sort of the same way. If you think of your time as this limited container, just like the, the container that we'd put rocks and glass into, if you're filling it up with, I checked my email, I, you know, responded to a bunch of text messages, I scrolled through Instagram and Facebook, then you're struggling to find time for the big rocks like working out, like 
moving forward some financial goals. So you have to begin with those rocks. And that means you have to know what they are. Outside of work, those rocks for me are working out, making sure healthy food is prepared and available for me, for Chris, for Roman. Twins aren't eating solid food yet. Um, those are like the things, a quality time with the kids. So I'm doing those before I'm cleaning the kitchen, before I'm doing my daily load of laundry, before I'm watching any show on TV. And the same thing is true with work. The responding to emails and following up with this person, and I need to post this on social, those are the sand category activities. I'm going to do the rock category activities first. There is enough time if you use that time well. And it's not enough to just have a list that you're working off of. So I, in my personal life and my work life, I'm looking at, you know, priority one, priority two, priority three for the day. Personally, those are usually the same thing, right? Working out is pretty much one of them almost every single day. For work, those things change. Now, strategy has to be flexible. Where a lot of people get screwed up is like, I was going to do this before the kids woke up, but somebody woke up early or I was having internet trouble at that time and now it's all screwed up. No, it's not. It needs to be time flexible. So I have my first task, my second task, my third task personally and for my work, but it doesn't mean task one is going to happen at eight and task two is going to happen at 8.30. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to stop in between those to uh, feed a hungry kid or change a diaper or answer a phone call. It just means I know the order of operations when I do those things. And I have certain values around my time. Just like one of my food values is if I'm going to do dessert, I'm not going to drink. And if I'm going to drink, I'm not going to do dessert. That's just like an easy way that I don't ever have to debate and make difficult choices. That decision is already made. That's something that I practice. I have similar structure that I'm always getting better at. It's certainly not anything that I strive for perfection with. I'm just always looking to do a little bit better. Like I'm going to work out before I'm going to watch any TV, period. I do not watch a show unless my workout is done. Now, there are other standards and values around how I spend my time, but it's the same thing with work email. I do not check work email until that first priority is done. And yeah, sometimes there are people who want responses right away. And sometimes there are people on my team who are texting me or messaging me and being like, hey, I sent you an email. Fantastic. I'm not going to be reactive I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to be precise. I'm going to be intentional. And you know what? It's never a huge deal if that email gets a response 30 minutes later or 10 minutes later. I'm going to do the first thing first. Look at what is sucking up your time. Is it the sleeping in? Is it the game you play on your phone? Is it television? Is it doing things that are lower priorities first? And and it's, you know, it's one of those things like changing diapers doesn't show up on my priority list, right? (laughs) But being a mom does. Being a mom does. So even though I might say like my first personal priority today is prepping food so that 
healthy lunch is taken care of and I'm not, it's not noon and I'm going, crap, we got to run out and pick something up. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be stopping to make a bottle for Piper or change a diaper. We've got to be flexible, but have your big rock things. Another big issue that gets in the way and creates this sense of, of overwhelm and there's not enough time is people not learning from what what their capacity is. I can't count the number of people that I worked with who every single day, they're not crossing all the items off their to-do list. And it's like, at some point, you you realize that you're not setting realistic expectations for your time. <laughs> like You don't have to keep creating a list and not finishing it every day. And it doesn't mean you stay up until two in the morning getting it done. You need to learn. This is what journaling helps me with so much. I've been able to learn what is realistic in a day and what is not realistic in a day because it doesn't feel good to go to bed not having met your expectations. And at first, this required lowering my expectations, obviously, right? If I was going weeks of an unfinished to-do list day after day after day, well, you know what? I'm first going to lower my expectations while I work on time management and gradually I was able to add more on there, but you don't have to keep having an unfinished to-do list every single day. And when you have an unfinished to-do list, it doesn't have to be drama. It doesn't have to be judgment. It doesn't have to be feeling like a failure. It can just be objectively, that's where I'm starting tomorrow. Right? At the same time, you might decide that doesn't need to get done because it wasn't urgent today and I've been putting it off. If you've been putting something off week after week after week after week, Consider, does it really need to be done or is it just something I want to do? Maybe you can take it off the list and revisit it in six months. Or maybe you can have somebody else do it. Because if it was really critical for you to get done, you'd have done it already. So maybe this is something that you can offload and have somebody else do. Or maybe you can just take it off the list altogether for right now. I do that all the time with work. I keep pushing this. I keep pushing this. I keep pushing this. I get to make a decision now. Am I going to get it done in the next seven days or... Am I going to shelf it and revisit it in six months and see if it feels like more of a priority in six months? There's time for the things that you value, but you can't keep letting things that you don't value jump ahead in line of the things that you do. All right, I could go on and on about this all day, but I'm not going to. Uh, the next question says, I'm 40, 40 years old, and have about 80 pounds to lose. I'm also trying to get pregnant. I know you can't give medical advice, but if pregnant, would I follow the same food plan with carb loading at the end of the day? Okay, so it's not carb loading at the end of the day. Like that means something very, very different. When we talk about fat loss and we talk about carb timing, we talk about not kicking off your day with the carbs from any source and and having them at the evening meal in a measured amount, not like literally measured with tablespoons, but like a smaller amount and having them with fat or protein or both or fiber or all three. Not loading carbs into the end of the day. I want to clear that up. That's not what we're talking about. You can listen to episode 195 for all of that. The question being, do I do the same thing if I'm pregnant? Well, I don't know. 
because every individual and every pregnancy is very, very different. I ate higher carb when pregnant because that's what I could tolerate. But I'll also say this, you don't need to figure out what you're going to do when you're pregnant while you're trying to get pregnant, right? Give your energy and attention to the optimal strategy while you're trying to get pregnant. You don't need to solve for a situation that is not currently your situation. I hear this all the time when people say like, well, but what about when I reach my goal and I'm trying to maintain my weight? Should I X or should I Y? Well, are you there yet? Well, no. Okay, then let's not try to solve for a thing that we aren't there yet. What was true for me is even if I had had this really clear plan before I got pregnant, the, the plan changes because I was sick, because I had food aversions, because of any number of other things. But even if none of those things happened, a lot of the reason that we feel like we're not capitalizing on the moment that we're in is because our attention is going to trying to figure out seasons of life that we aren't in yet. So if you have 80 pounds to lose and you're trying to get pregnant, I want you figuring out how you can make today an amazing day to support your goal of weight loss, to support your goal of getting pregnant instead of, hey, what should I do about carbs and carb timing once I am pregnant? You don't need to figure that out yet. In terms of weight loss and trying to get pregnant, there are two books that I loved that I recommend. One is It Starts With the Egg. The other is The Fertile Feast. These are really awesome books. In fact, It Starts With the Egg is a really great book for any female, in my opinion. It Starts With the Egg, The Fertile Feast. And the reason I say that about It Starts With the Egg is the nutrition recommendations for reproductive health are really, really solid whether you are premenopausal, postmenopausal, perimenopausal, whether you want to have kids, don't want to have kids, already have kids, I really like the approach and the approachable science in that book. I'll link them up in the show description. It starts with The Egg and The Fertile Feast. Those are both really, really solid books um, for anybody, but certainly anybody who is trying to get pregnant and also, anybody who is trying to get pregnant and has weight to lose because that absolutely supports your fertility. It starts with the egg, the fertile feast. All right. Let me tell you who is going to win GBX Burn today. Mel Mel at 2003. Mel Mel at 2003. Email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Let me know that you were the winner for 1072. Make sure you email me within 60 days of this episode airing and give me your mailing address so that I can get that GBX Burn out to you in the mail. I'll link it up in the show description. If anybody is looking for a supplement to support their weight goals and or a supplement to help with gut health, GBX Burn, I'll link it up. And keep the questions coming. You guys are so amazing with the things that you share you want to hear about. Do not stop. This is your show, and I really enjoy talking about whatever you need support with. Time management is such a big one for so many of us, myself included. I'm always trying to get better at this, so... There we have it. Everybody have an amazing day. I will talk to you soon.